You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. What is up, guys? Happy Friday. It's Friday, yeah. It's Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, what? <laughs> so I didn't realize that the guy that made that video does like, he's actually like this guy, Skeeter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he does like all these videos. I I was, I liked it better when I thought that he was just like this random guy that became a celebrity because he did this awesome video on it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why this made me think of Boy Meets World with Screech mm. when you said Skeeter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Screech is not Boy Meets World. Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. Saved by the Bell. By the way, Saved by the Bell is back mm-hmm, the adult. with like all of the old characters that are old now. Yeah, I don't. Think- I feel like just leave it, guys. Yeah. Just let, let a good thing be a good thing. Yeah, I don't. I saw a commercial for that the other day and I was like, I loved watching Boy Meets World and I really mm-hmm. loved Corey. I had a crush on Corey when I was really? little. Um, I had a crush on um, what's his name from Home Improvement? <gasps> yes. Taylor something, is it? Jonathan Taylor? Yes, yes. yes. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. I have a really embarrassing story if you want to. <laughs> you can share it. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to share this. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember driving to CCD on Tuesday night. So we have CCD, which is like your Catholic, um, you know, class that you go to mm-hmm. at your church. And it would be in the afternoon after school. And I remember driving in my mom's car and it was totally that car that like you faced the, ba- the back, which is a horrible decision. They totally don't make those anymore. Where like you sat in the back seat and it mm-hmm. would face the back. Um, and I remember my friend and I would joke and pretend that the seatbelts were Jonathan Taylor Thomas and like kiss the seatbelts. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe I just shared that, but that was my life as a child. <laughs> Liz like can't even talk right now because she's laughing so hard. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Never heard of someone kissing a seatbelt. I mean, now I will say, when I was younger, I feel like you know you would like kiss a pole or a door or yeah. something like that. You know, I also remember I was up north one winter. It was winter camp, and somebody like was teasing me and bribing me to lick the pole and my tongue totally got stuck. I didn't fully understand that that would actually like happen. Like Christmas story? Yes. It hurts so bad. You're trying to like blow your, like blow, uh-huh. you know, like hot air on it to, uh-huh. you know, to get it off. It was ridiculous. You know, some of those things in life, like I was saying this to Art last week, like I miss kids camp. Like honestly, I would mm. love to go back mm-hmm. and be a counselor for a mm-hmm. week. I loved kids camp. It was me church too. camp. I did sports camp. So I don't, in the Midwest, we had Loris College, mm-hmm. which is in Iowa. And a lot of people from our area would go to Loris. It was um, like, it was like a D, I think it was a D1, D2. I don't know. They had a sports camp and you would major in a sport and then have two minors. Mm-hmm. And so like I would major in soccer and minor in like cheerleading and something else. And you would basically go and do like a bunch of activities. And then they had these paddles mm-hmm. that they would brand with like perseverance and like these different mm-hmm. like you know, symbols um, that you would earn. And so you would go back every year and bring your paddle back every year and get like different brands on them. Um, 
I loved it. It was an overnight camp and you would have like a team. You'd mm-hmm. be on the gold team or the purple team because those were the colors of the college. Um, and you would have like eat at the cafeteria mm-hmm. and I felt so cool. And you would bring all of the food and sleep in the dorm room and like, yeah. yeah. I re- and there was a dance. I remember there was a dance at the end and all of like the camp, of course you had crushes on like all the camp counselors who were the college kids. And I was like 11. Um, I remember one, there was his, his name was Hassan. He was so hot. <laughs> I'm thinking of many <laughs> crushes that I had for oh, kids, yeah. kids camp. See, our camp was really big. So it was down at a place called um, Camp Carlinville, Lake Williamson. Um, and so we had the dining hall. We stayed in dorms. Uh, we had different, there was like eight to 10 teams, I think. And you would have like junior high. It was kind of split by age group, but we had a lot of sports and stuff there too. But then at the lake, they had like this big slide and they had this blob. Anyways, it was just a ton of fun. And Art's like, yeah, my kids camp experience was nothing like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, my kids camp experience ended when my best friend and I decided to steal the counselor's <laughs> golf cart and drive it around. <laughs> we were little rebels. We actually, I didn't get in that much trouble. She definitely got into a lot of trouble. Um, but I mean, I just look back and some of those times and those experiences were definitely really impactful. Like I still mm-hmm. keep in touch with um, Nina. She is a an amazing worship leader, but she lives up here and um, she always comments on my stuff and she was mm-hmm. my camp counselor. And I'm like, yeah. I would love to go back and do that. Um, so much fun. One of my good friends actually went and played basketball after Loris and she used to go to like their camp and stuff. So it was, I, yeah, I totally, totally remember that. And I like, so want to send my kids away. But part of me is also like, my mom sent me away when I was like 10 mm-hmm. for overnight camp for a week. Yeah. I don't know. I maybe being a parent now, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that with my kid, but he's only three. We'll see about in seven years, how I feel. We'll see where the world is at. In we'll seven see years. The, where the world is at in seven years. Seriously. Um, speaking of, I told Liz this morning, I went to Starbucks and there was a girl that was leaving. It was also like 830 and I, she looked like she was still in high school and I wanted to be like, why aren't you in school right now? But anyways, um, I don't like this whole 90s type clothes coming back in style because the 90s was a horrible period for fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, do not bring back combat boots. And like a lot of people are wearing like the the thick Nike bottoms like the white all white shoes and like baggy jeans and grunge it reminds me of spice girls yes that's exactly what when you were describing this morning it it was like baby spice Mm -hmm. yes she was wearing like this like yellow flower ugly i'm not gonna lie it was kind of ugly like it was an ugly dress and and she had like a crop top sweater on top of it and like the poor, the girl was really cute, but like the outfit, I was like, what's going on here? She was wearing white combat boots with this yellow dress that had flowers on it and a brown crop top sweater over it. Well, that's okay because I was at the gym the other day and there was a lady there full on dressed to like go out to lunch with her girlfriends, just working out. I love people like that. She had jeans on. She yep. had a really, this her fanny pack was actually really cute. But it was like a leopard fanny pack. She's her, trying to fit in her workout. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And her and her husband, they're like the cutest. They, they're a little bit older and they go over to these two machines, like leg raise machines, and they do them in sync together. They go side, oh, front, side. Oh my gosh. It's just, I'll have to see if I can get a picture. So like these people exist. Oh, they're there every day. Because sometimes I think about the videos on like the memes on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, someone totally set that up. Like, that's not real. But these people are real. They're there every day. There's also a guy who squats and deadlifts in his slippers with socks on. I don't understand. 
Yeah. I'll have to show you some pictures. So this is why I should go to a gym. <laughs> you should go. Honestly, the people watching, I'm sure people were watching me this morning because I just set up my little conditioning circuit in the side and I could only find a bench. So I was literally doing my burpees, box jump to the bench yep. and then over and back. And they're probably like, this is a lifting bench. What is she doing? But I don't care. Yeah, I, I use my bench for that sometimes. I need to get my workout on. Okay. We're here today. We are talking about no man's land and how isolating this transformation journey can be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're switching to like really funny to being really serious now, but um, <laughs> I don't know why it's just, my mind is just like wandering. I'm thinking about Yellowstone as I'm talking about oh, no God, man's land. Cause I'm thinking about them. Oh yeah, for sure. I love Yellowstone by the way. I'm so glad I got into that. I do too. Except for the one brother who is the lawyer. He drives me nuts. Yeah. He's a dick. He just needs to, grow some balls i know and the girl has them for him Mm -hmm. the daughter is psycho but Mm -hmm. she's a badass bitch doesn't take shit from people yes so anyways when i was thinking about no man land i was thinking about them in the field and chasing Mm -hmm. after the little grandson anyways so when you're on a transformation journey right like there is this place along the ride that we call no man's land and this is kind of the time where you are making all of these changes and you realize you're out here by yourself you're doing it alone. You know, you're looking around and you don't have a tribe or a group of people, you know, supporting you. And this is why we believe so much in coaching and being part of a community community and getting into a place that you are surrounded by people who are on the same journey and walking the same path as you, because at least for us in our business, so we coach all women, mostly we'd still have some uh, male clients, Mm -hmm. but we know that for many of them, when they're starting, they feel very alone. They feel like they're the only one trying to make changes, you know, and they're maybe getting resistance from their husband or their friends who want to go out and have girls night and drink wine and eat pizza, things like that. Maybe their kids are like, you know, complaining because they don't want to eat this certain food. So then they feel like they have to make two dinners or three dinners if the husband's not on board. And so we kind of just want to talk about this place today Mm -hmm. and give you guys some tips um, of what you can do when people around you just don't fully understand the journey that you've embarked upon. Yeah. And I kind of want to give an example because I think it'll help people visualize this because I think a lot of people can relate to this time. Um, So like say you've decided to start eating healthier or working out or changing something, you know, positive about your lifestyle to help benefit your health. And usually within the first like one to two weeks, sometimes a little bit longer, but within those first like one to two weeks, people are motivated. Like they're excited. They're ready to make this change. You know, you're, you have a good amount of like standing up for yourself in you um, to, you know, withstand the temptations or the comments and you ride that motivation you know, in those first couple of weeks. And for some people, it might last a little bit longer. I think of people doing like 21 day fix or 30 day challenges or maybe even a six week challenge. But then you hit this place where you feel alone and you feel like you can't go out to eat anymore and you feel like any social events are too tempting or too triggering and you kind of feel like this hermit. Like you have to be a hermit to succeed. You start to get this mentality where you're almost angry and you're frustrated and you're like, I feel like I can't enjoy life anymore to get to these goals. And you feel like your family doesn't understand. You feel like your friends don't understand. And no one gets why you're making these changes. And oftentimes, even worse, they give you shit about them. Like they make jokes or they give you a hard time for what you're eating or not eating. And they say things like, you know, oh, one won't kill you or you're so lame or why don't you live a little or like you're boring. Like you guys, (laughs) all of these things have been said to me. I know Liz has had Mm -hmm. many things said to her and you kind of end up feeling like you're in this journey alone. Like you are the only one in it by yourself. 
And this is no man's land. This is what no man's land is. It's this place in time where the motivation has started to wear off and you feel like you have zero support. And this journey gets, honestly, guys, a whole heck of a lot harder from there. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this is where most people give up. Yeah. Most people don't get past no man's land. Yeah. Yeah. Because they get to that place where they just want to fit in, you know, and when you don't have support and you don't have people on your side encouraging you or you're not hanging out with like-minded people, it makes this journey 20,000 times harder, you know? And so for me, I always go back to how can I be the example, but also do it in a way that is encouraging and positive or maybe sharing part of my story and why I'm choosing not to consume certain things because it makes me feel so bad, you know? And I've said this before in other podcasts, like if people truly love you, they'll support you, but sometimes they just need to understand, you know, the whys. Um, But when you're in this place, it can be really, really challenging, right? Like you can tell yourself like, gosh, this is just too hard. I can't do it anymore. I don't know how, you know, I'm ever going to get to my goal being surrounded by these people because there's just so many temptations. I don't have the willpower. You start to doubt your ability to succeed, but the reality is you have the ability. You just need to have the right people in your corner and on your side. And those are going to be the things that are going to be pivotal in your journey is getting, you know, that support system so that you don't start to fall back into these old habits, right? Because it's easier just to eat the pizza. It's easier just to have the wine. It's easier just to eat the piece of cake instead of listening to, you know, whoever it is give you heck about not consuming that cake that they made or whatever. Um, And you kind of do these things without even realizing it when you don't have the proper support system. And this is why most people quit or they get to this place where they feel like they can't get beyond that progress. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they got to 200 pounds, but they don't know how do I get down to the next 150 because sometimes too if you've been at this for a while there's different things that you're going to have to do in terms of levers that you're going to have to pull maybe going to a more extreme place um, if necessary or you know removing the times that you the number of times that you go out to eat or minimizing that and so this makes it very very challenging but when you get to a certain level whether it is in weight loss or it is in business there's always going to be bigger changes that have to be mm-hmm. made and if you are alone and you feel like you don't have anybody to support you and you're surrounding yourself by people who have polar opposite goals you'll quit yeah and i think what people need to understand is that there's this happens at different phases of the journey like Like Liz was saying, you get to a new level and then you find support again. A lot of times Mm -hmm. you find a new tribe, you find a new community, a new group of friends. Maybe like you found friends at the gym that you're going to, or, you know, you found friends in an online community or you made friends within a program and then you're still in touch with them. Or like maybe some of your friends start to pick up on the habits and now you have a new friend that is wanting to do what you're doing and you can kind of, you know, confide in them and they can be your person in that in those tough situations but every time you level up you usually reach a new no man's land like you know in business in nutrition and health like in each of my phases of growth and in each of my phases that I've done these things I have found myself in this no man's land in different times and so there is something on the other side of it though and a lot of people don't make it there. But I want to explain it because I think that like it's it's somewhere to work towards and it's somewhere to know that you can get to. Like it feels lonely at times. Absolutely. But you will probably be the only one fighting for you. And you need to know that. Like unless you have a coach, of course. I think that coaches are extremely helpful in situations like this. But 
once you get to a place where you can kind of create your own motivation, you can create your own momentum, these no man lands become a lot easier Mm -hmm. because you really don't notice them. You kind of just end up putting your head down and being in the day-to-day and doing the work, knowing that the work is going to pay off. You have to have faith. You have to have conviction in these things. You can't have hope. We talk, I was listening to Ed Milet the other day, and he talked about how hope is a beggar. Hope begs for things. It, it, it's hoping that thing is going to work versus I have faith that it's going to work. I know it's going to work. And I know that the work that I'm putting in, I feel good about. I feel confident about. I feel you know convicted about that it is going to get me to where I want to be. And when you get in that mind frame, people don't bother you anymore. The loneliness sometimes doesn't bother you anymore. Like Liz and I live this because we do it for our business. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Liz and I work from home by ourselves most days. One to two days a week, we're now together again after the baby. But we were by our, like I'm in my office by myself in a lo- in a, in a basically empty house. Liz has her husband, which is nice. I, I sometimes have my husband around, but it's hard. It's hard to stay motivated mm-hmm. when you are literally the only one working for you. Mm-hmm. And we get that. But know that once you build the momentum and you can be confident and proud of the choices you're making, I think that's what limits a lot of people is that they're ne- they never become proud because they I think they mentally jump into things and they're doing things short term. Like, you, you know, you're doing this, well, I'm, I'm just going to do this diet. And sadly, like, although we try to really preach this with our program, I think sometimes people even come into our program thinking this, like, I just have to commit to the next six months and then everything in my life is going to be solved. No, like I bet we'll solve a lot of things and we'll help you with a lot of things. But like, this is a lifestyle, guys. This is something you are changing for the good. It is not just a temporary thing. And I think that's why people struggle so much with no man's land because they don't think long-term. They think I need to do these restrictive, short-term, difficult things and then everything's gonna be solved. No, Liz actually made this comment to a client of ours on our group call today. Like you get to that place and then the the sucky part to realize is like, you got to keep doing the things that got you to that place to keep you in that place. Mm -hmm. It's not just do them until you get there, guys. Like this is a change of our lifestyle, a change of our mindset, a change of everything. And that is the mindset that you have to shift. You can't look at this perspective wise of this is short term because then you'll never get anywhere. You'll always end up losing it in no man's land because you're going to get lonely. You're going to get discouraged and you're going to give up. We have to think long term and you have to realize that like, Putting your head down and doing the work will get you to where you need to be. It's not a matter of when. It will. We don't need to worry about when. We just need to worry about doing the work. Yeah. And like I was saying on our group call today, you can't just look at like the scale weight or this vision that you have. Let's say, you know, you want to make a certain amount of money this year. Okay. Well, if you want to make a certain amount of money, you're going to have to put in a lot of work and a lot different work or different strategies and tactics than you have in the past. And guess what? When you get there and you're making that money, now what do you have to do? You have to reevaluate. You got to keep working harder. You got to change your strategy again, right? Because you want to get to that next level. The same thing when it comes to weight loss, just because you've been able to cut calories and diet for a period of time to get some weight off, doesn't mean that when you get to that number on the scale, you just get to go back to old ways and unravel all of your hard work. And this is where when we say people will never reach their goals, I genuinely would bet 
all of my savings that people will never reach their goals if they do not change internally. You have to have an internal change. You have to take control of your mindset. You have to take control of your relationship with food because if you don't, those things will control you and you will spiral back to where you were before you lost the weight and you will be unhappier than ever because we see this all the time with the yo-yo dieting back and forth, right? People get comfortable at that place. The best thing that I've heard, and I think this was several months ago, on a podcast on the tailored performance podcast, a friend of ours, um, Cody McBroom, but they're talking about like six packs, for example, right? Like you get a six pack. Most people won't sustain that six pack, but if you get there and you want to sustain it, the work to sustain and maintain that six pack is harder than the work that it took to get you Absolutely. to that six pack. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize, mm-hmm. right? They just think that it's about you know, the scale moving, but you've got to find joy in the journey and you have to embrace this lifestyle. You have to be proud. You have to be your own cheerleader, essentially most days, because you're going to be surrounded by a lot of people and a lot of temptations, a lot of different times in your life where you are going to have to, you know, talk to yourself, talk yourself through these situations mentally and be your own cheerleader of you can do this. You can say no, you can pass on the dessert. You can pass on the wine, right? Like you have to get behind yourself and become your number one cheerleader. Becca and I can encourage our clients, you know, as much as we can. But at the end of the day, if they don't internally make those shifts and those changes, they're not going to be able to sustain the results that they get because they don't truly believe in what they're doing. You have to have wins under your belt, guys. And you have to be proud of those wins. Like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I wouldn't I wouldn't probably be very proud if I, like, you know, was one of those people that stuck to a diet for a week and then always gave up. I would need to find something where I'm, I'm feeling challenged, but it also feels realistic and sustainable, which is why Liz and I love strength training so much. And I love the diet approach that we follow and we work to encourage our clients to follow is like, it should be something you enjoy, but it's still a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And when we can get these wins under our belt and we can conquer these challenges, like in my experience, you start to learn to love doing hard things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you guys, and I, and I think that this might be a little different for people and how they were brought up in a way. So like, Liz and I both played sports growing up. Um, you know, if, if you weren't someone that like physically was challenged when you were growing up, this might be something that's harder to find and build over time. Um, and, and so I, I think understanding that finding that for yourself might take some trial and error. Um, you might have to try a couple of different workout methodologies. You might need to try out a couple of different nutrition methodologies and what seems to stick for you and you feel good about and you feel is enough of a challenge and like creates the results that you want. Um, but I think that that's where some people tend to struggle is like they, this is not how they were brought up. Um, you weren't brought up being mentally or physically challenged. Maybe like, you know, you were in a household where your parents weren't as present or, you know, you weren't in sports or you weren't in things where there wasn't co- where there where there was like competition present um because i think honestly i think that has a lot to do with how people evolve as humans um i know for me like my competition started at a very young age i i love competitiveness i love challenging myself physically and mentally i love doing hard things and it is one of my favorite feelings to accomplish hard things in the middle of hard things they suck they suck big time like i do some horrible workouts like absolutely horrible to where I question why I do them during them. I'm I'm completely out of breath. I get the whole like metallic taste in my mouth sometimes. Like I do bad, bad workouts, but the feeling of accomplishing them and knowing after I finished them, like I gave everything I had in that workout. There's nothing like it. 
Like there is mm-hmm. no type of endorphin that can match that for me. And so for me, that's why I love that style of workouts. For other people, they don't like that. And they like weightlifting purely, or they like, you know, challenging themselves with nutritional product. Like it, it's all different for everyone. And that's why you kind of have to find and experience different things. Yeah, I think it's a lot about what makes you tick. And I'm going to give this analogy. And I love the 75 hard challenge. I love pieces of it. But I know several people who've done the challenge. They completed the challenge or say they completed the challenge. Andy Versella talks a lot about people who yes. say they completed the challenge, right? Yep. But they complete the challenge. And then all of a sudden you see them you know, a month or two later and they look the same way that they did at the beginning of 75 hard. Well, what did you really learn in that process? Did you just do it to say that you did it or did you actually do it with intent to change who you are internally and to build that grit and that internal strength that you need? Because what Becca is talking about, we choose to do these things every day, day in and day out. We just had a meeting right before we started podcasting about things that we're going to be doing for our business in 2022. Becca's like, I need some anxiety medication because I feel really (laughs) overwhelmed. And I'm like, yep, but listen, we're here for it. We're here for growing. We commit to it. And I I reminded her, I'm like, remember when we built this? Remember when we built this? We felt really, really, you know, excited about it, but also anxious about it because it was overwhelming with all the things we had to do. But look where it's gotten us. Like our business has doubled. We've doubled the coaches on our staff. Like the same thing happens when you can transfer this type of grit over into your physical fitness and your health. You don't have to have a six pack to be healthy. You don't have to have, you know, a six pack for people to know that you show up for yourself and you work out and you grind and you treat your body correctly. What matters is that you feel good about what you are doing Mm -hmm. and that you are confident and that you know you will continue to push yourself because you found what makes you tick. For me, what makes me tick is I like changing my programming every eight weeks. I have a coach. I had a conversation with him last week. I'm asking for more volume right now. I'm asking for, you know, a change in some things because I'm a little bit, you know, bored or burnt out. And I like that. I like creating different stimulus and changing things. Same thing with my nutrition. You guys know, you've heard me talk about, I like doing short term, you know, cuts and being really, really dialed in and disciplined and then pulling out of it and enjoying in maintenance for a period of time. Some people would rather just try to diet forever and not really, you know, get to where they want to be because they keep falling off every Friday or Saturday. They haven't figured it out yet that Mm -hmm. that's not working for them. So you have to figure out what works for you and what makes you tick. And the reason why this journey feels so isolating at times with those people in your life who are being like crabs in the bucket, you've heard us talk about that analogy before where you're the crab that's trying to crawl out of the bucket. And right before you get to the top to get out, your friends or your family or whoever it is, come and pull you back down. It's because they feel less. They feel jealous. They feel like, you know, they are not as good as you are or that you are better than them. And most people don't want you to succeed because they want you to stay stuck with them. They want you to stay on their level. And so what you need to do is if you're surrounded by these individuals that are trying to pull you down, you need to evaluate. What is that saying? The five, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Evaluate who's in your corner. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anybody in your corner, seek out a community, hire a coach, find an online community, join a gym, whatever it is that you need to do, a running club. There's a lot of things you can do, you know, to find like-minded people and to make friendships with them. But if you are going out this alone and you constantly get to this place and then you give up, because other people are pulling you down or because you feel like I'm just never going to get there. You've got to get out of this no man's land and you've got to commit to getting behind yourself and getting the proper support and the help and the guidance that you need to get to that next level. You need a clear vision of what you want for yourself. I think a lot of people become like, 
again, Ed Milet con- described it as gener- walking generalities or wandering generalities. Like we want to lose weight. We want to be healthier. We want all of these things, but there's no specificity around it. I, I think a great activity for people to do is literally write down who you want to be. What act, what personality traits do you want to have? What do you want to do every day? Like I know every day I want to move. I want to learn. I want to help others. And I want to be with my family. Like those are four big things every day I want to do. And so I work on doing those things every day. That movement might look different. It might be walk some days. It might be really hard workouts other days. That helping others, I'm, I'm very grateful that we have a job that we do this every single day of our life. And by learning, that looks like maybe reading a book. Right now, I'm in a new course. So that's my learning, right? Like I, I make an effort to have very specific things that I want to identify as, as a human that I'm proud of and I feel good about. And then I work my life to accomplish those things. And so we can't just have these generalities of like, I want to weigh less. I want to be healthy. Like create some specificity around it, around what you want for yourself and don't get lost in this no man's land because the no man's land is really hard when you don't really know what you're working for. I want to be skinnier. I want to lose weight. That's not very fun, guys. That's not very that's not very motivating to me. To me, I want to be a better person. I want to be a strong, capable, fit, badass MFer. Okay? Like that's who I want to be. And so I live my life in that way. Know that this no man's land is coming. Know that you can get through it and know it will be a fight. And what we Liz and I always work on is like never give up. Never give up. Even if you get knocked down 10,000 times, you keep getting up because each of those 10,000 times has taught you something. It has been a learning lesson if you look to take it that way. And you are capable of so much more than you think. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.